The opinions and views expressed in the OC Show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. County. I hope you are enjoying your lattes and your SUVs because it's time for the OC Show with your host, me, Cameron Jackson, right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And do I have a show for you today? Like always, I'm bringing you what's going on, what the happenings are in Orange County. Uh, I've got a very special guest uh, in studio today. Before I get to my guest, though, remember you can always, uh, if you're in your car right now and you get home and you want to keep listening to the show, you can go to KUCI.org, click in the upper right-hand corner. You'll get your streaming audio. Listen at home, in your office, wherever you might be, because the Internet is everywhere these days. Uh, Also, if you want, you can check out my blog at theocshow.net. Theocshow.net is uh, where you can go and see what's coming up on the show, uh, any little commentary I might put up every now and then, uh, and whatnot. So, uh, later on in the show, I have uh, some updates for you on Mike Corona and his uh, trials and tribulations, and also an in-depth look at an analysis that the Orange County Register did uh, on the Republicans and why the Republicans suck so much in Orange County. They said it, not me. So anyway, uh, we'll get to that later, probably the second half of the show. Uh, starting though now, I have a guest in studio. It's Stephen Smith. He is from the Irvine Tattler, which is a blog that you can go to. It's IrvineTattler.com. And uh, he keeps track of what's happening in Irvine, the city of Irvine. Uh, Stephen, hello. Cameron, thank you very much for inviting me back. I'm beginning to think maybe I should just move in, so whenever you need a pundit, I can just hop out of bed, and I'll be right on the microphone. Well, you know, we are in, we are in beautiful Irvine, and so since uh, the signal is strongest here in Irvine, uh, I think it's best that we, we not only look at Orange County as a whole, but, but stick to what's happening here in Irvine, because there's a lot happening here in Irvine, and you keep quite, uh, quite a bit of tabs on that. Well, Orange County politics is, as you quoted, the register uh, suctions quite a bit. And I think the the sphincter of all that is right here in Irvine. So you want to talk about politics in Irvine. I've always said Larry Agron is a cottage industry. And so anytime you need to fill time and space, he's available. See, I always said the sphincter of it. Well, I never said the sphincter of anything. But if you have to use that word, which I like, the sphincter of it, I thought was Michael Schroeder. But (laughs) that's another show. Uh, So last time... We were on the show together was what a couple, about a month ago or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer, maybe, maybe two little, months, maybe two months. Boy, yeah. the time really travels, doesn't it? Uh, we talked a lot of, about a lot of issues there. The last big thing that was going on was with Gallinger. I had him on the show since then. Um, talk about you. You've, there's a couple things going on with this election coming up. We've got um, the the phantom candidate uh, Todd Gallinger, who's kind of galloped into town uh, at the last minute to put his papers in, and uh, he's, he's that kind of fourth candidate for Larry Agron. Is that right? Well, well, that's what it looks like, at least. That's the appearance. Well, first of all, I want to say you, you did a, a great interview with him. You had him on for the entire hour. The The interview is on your website, which you can plug because oh, I don't remember. You. But it, uh, The OCshow.com, but it's also on, is it on the Irvine title or something? Uh, just the link to, just the link. to there your you site. Okay. But, uh, you know, you were fair and gave him an opportunity to, you know, present his view, and you added, asked some hard questions, which I thought were good because they helped to illuminate some things that I've questioned. Um, and in fact, he said some things which, you know, further proved what I have been saying, that he and Beth Crom and Suki Kang and Larry Egan hadn't been entirely truthful about how it was that he came to suddenly materialize in Irvine politics. Well, we all, each election cycle, though, it seems somebody materializes for the Egan candidacy to, to siphon votes away from the others. 
Well, that is true. And, um, you know, really the reason is, is that, as most people probably know, around election time, you start receiving uh, pieces of literature in your mailbox. They're called, under state law, they're called slate mailers. And we've had two of them now from the Agron camp. Masquerading as newspapers. Yes. Uh, Explain but a slate, ma- a slate mailer basically has to have a minimum of four candidates and or campaigns to be able to go out. And they, they raise their money independently, and it's very complicated. But, you know, to make it simple... Basically, uh, Irvine has campaign finance laws that restrict how much money a candidate can raise. Agrin gets around that by setting up independent expenditure committees that raise hundreds of thousands of dollars from developers, uh, contractors that have no big contracts with City Hall, uh, other people who have interest at, at City Hall. And then that money gets funneled into these slate mailers that go out promoting Agrin's candidates, his his causes such as Prop 51 in 2002, Measure M in 2006, Prop 10 and Measure R and Measure S this year, um, and at the same time smearing his opponents, usually Christina Shea and anybody associated with her. And the one that's come out now is the, what, the Irvine Community News? Community News and Views. Uh, there have been two issues which have come out two weeks in a row, Thursday and Friday, uh, the last two weeks, uh, masquerading as a four-color newspaper. Uh, but if you look at the fine print, it states that it's actually a slate mailer, and it is run by a gentleman named Franklin Lunding. Who, who is? does not live in Irvine. He actually lives in Monterey, Monterey. Northern right. California. Yeah. And he was Larry Agron's transportation commissioner in the late 1980s. Uh, Lunding came to our attention two years ago because he set up one of these slush funds called Planning 2020, which uh, raised over $300,000 from developers in Irvine and from companies that had no bid contracts at the Great Park. Uh, One of the developers in particular paid $120,000. That was McGuire Properties, which owns the uh, Park Place complex there at Jamboree in the 405. And after the election, Larry and Beth Crom and Suki Kang voted in closed session to approve an amendment to the development agreement between the city and McGuire that allowed them to go ahead with more of their mixed-use condominiums and whatnot. Now, I personally received three different copies of this slate mailer that they're sending out. One to my P.O. box, one to, uh, actually I should take that back, just two. One to my P.O. box and one to my house. Uh, one was addressed to me and one was addressed to my wife. So I'm assuming, and, I, and when I was at my P.O. box, I saw other people walking out with the mailer in hand as well. So I'm assuming this went out to the great majority of people here in Irvine. That's got to be an expensive proposition to do something like that. I mean, I know just from doing simple advertising a few years back for another company, it's very expensive to mail out that many uh, large pieces of paper, newspaper like that. Where, how do they get that money? Well, that's the big question, and the answer comes on October 6th because that's the deadline for uh, Mr. Lunding to file the paperwork required by state law that shows where his money is coming from. If you look on the back of that newspaper, it has asterisks, which are required under slate mailer law, that indicate who paid to be on that document. And right now there are asterisks only on Larry, Beth, Sookie, and Todd Gallinger. It also promotes Proposition 10, Measure R and Measure S, but they don't have asterisks next to them. So, again, we're waiting to see on October 6th where the money came from to pay for these slate mailers. And that's going to help illuminate what's going on because we're going to expect to find some sort of independent expenditure committee similar to the planning 2020 and 2006. That terminated but there's, there's there's probably another one out there. We just haven't found it yet. Now, let's get on to Measure S. What is Measure S? Because that's a big hotbed issue for Larry Agron this time around. Well, Measure S is what I call the secrecy ordinance. Uh, Larry refers to it as a privacy ordinance. It's portrayed by him as something that's necessary to keep pornographers come city, coming to City Hall and getting the email addresses of children so that they can bombard them with advertising. Ridiculous, and under California state law, it wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. California state law says that a public agency can use what's called a balance test. If the request for public information doesn't have a public interest, City Hall can turn it down. But what he's doing is he's claiming that there's some loophole in the law, and so therefore we need this ordinance that allows City Hall 
to decide what is, quote-unquote, personal information. And if City Hall decides that something is, quote-unquote, personal information, they can deny you access to seeing that. Under California state law, we have what's called the Public Records Act, which is intended to create open and transparent government in California. And with, with very rare and logical exceptions, anything that a public agency has is is open to the public. You can submit a Public Records Act request at City Hall, and you can get this information. Exceptions would be things like, for example, uh, the home addresses of employees. You wouldn't want uh, the home addresses of police officers to be given out, for example. But the type of things that Larry's talking about are, are fanciful. You know, uh, he, go ahead. Well, what's the end game for him? I mean, what, uh, is it specul- how would you speculate? What is the purpose of this? Why is he bringing up this Measure S all of a sudden? Well, two things. Um, number one, as we saw, as he did with Measure H earlier in the year, it's just another scheme to and put something... Measure, measure H was the lobby, anti-lobbyist. It, measure H was a, was a bogus uh, attempt to smear his opponent, Christina Shea, as being uh, an evil lobbyist. Right. That's, that's a canard he's raised for three years. She's not a lobbyist. It's a lie. But he raised money, and that's where Todd Gallinger came in. Todd Gallinger comes out of nowhere, creates an independent expenditure money to take money from the Orange County Democratic Party and spend it in Irvine on mailers smearing Christina Shea with false charges of being a lobbyist. Now, we fast forward here to Measure S. What's Measure S all about? Measure S is the exact same scheme. Uh, once again, Larry brings up this canard that Christina Shea has somehow uh, immorally obtained the email addresses of every person who's ever had access to City Hall, and that she somehow is going to unleash his exact words, political spam, on the city. Now, these slate mailers that have gone out, those are certainly political spam, and he certainly seems to have no qualms about that, but he seems to be claiming that Christina Shea is going to take all these email addresses and use them to flood the community with political spam. So what will happen is we will soon see, I'm sure, some sort of yes on Measure S that will be set up to launder money from somewhere, whether it's the Orange County Democratic Party again, from developers, from from city contractors, whomever, that will be used to do quote-unquote independent mailings to smear Christina Shea in the November election. Um, beyond that, the secondary reason is that those of us who have followed what Mr. Agron's been up to in recent years know that he loves to hide things at City Hall. Uh, I have a website, uh, as we're plugging websites, www.nosecrecyordinance.com, in which I talk about the motivations behind this. And those who have followed what's happened here earlier in the year know he tried to hire a good friend of his from Chicago to be the CEO of the Great Park. And uh, that was the only candidate that was presented to all the, the Great Park board members. They were not allowed to review who the other candidates and applicants were. They were only allowed to choose that person. Once it came out that they had a personal tie which had not been disclosed, the guy backed off and he said he didn't want the job. Uh, Christina Shea and, and Stephen Choi, her, her fellow council member, asked to see the resumes of other applicants. Agron refused to release them. He said they were personal information. They were private information. Sound familiar? Um, so uh, Shea and Choi went to court. The court said he had no legal basis for withholding those documents from these council members. So the city capitulated and allowed Shea and Choi to see the resumes. They subsequently said that they saw candidates who were far more qualified, people who had global-scale skills, uh, instead of this guy who's just the vice president of a museum in Chicago. He's never built anything. So, but, but the other board members never had the opportunity to review those other candidates because Larry hid them. So what will happen if Measure S passes, although quite frankly I think it's illegal under state law, if it passes I can see Agron using it as a means of denying Shea, Choi, or any of you taxpayers the right to come in and, and find out who are the other applicants for these jobs. The next time he hires a city manager, is he going to select someone in secret and not allow Shea and Choi and any other person on the city council to see who are the other candidates? Is he going to hide the evidence that we've been digging up of his involvement with these no-bid contractors, his political consultant Ford and Mulrick, 
who gets, uh, you know, no-bid PR contracts at the Great Park? Are we going to be denied access to that because it's personal information? Measure S does not define what personal information is. Personal information is going to be what City Hall says personal information is. All right. Now, the next thing that I want to get to is a story that you did on your uh, blog, IrvineTyler.com, and it talks about this uh, Proposition 10 that's coming up. Uh, for California vote. Give the listener kind of a little bit of background on that and how it ties into Irvine and, and how odd this whole thing is. Yeah, well, this gets back to Larry Agron being a cottage industry. Uh, m- most of you have probably, if you've been watching TV in recent months, you've seen an ad uh, featuring T. Boone Pickens, the Texas Republican oil billionaire, uh, who is uh, almost entirely by himself funding this Proposition 10, which is alternate energy fuels, which sounds like a good idea. In reality, it turns out that he owns a business called Clean Energy Fuels, which is trying to establish a virtual monopoly on compressed natural gas fuels here in California. So if Prop 10 goes through, what it does is it creates subsidies to uh, businesses that would be using vehicles that use compressed natural gas. It also, oddly, provides $25 million grants apiece for eight cities in California, one of which is Irvine. Uh, most of them are the larger cities in the, in the state, Los Angeles, San Francisco, although San Jose, the third largest by population, is not included. Seventh largest is Oakland, which is twice the size and population of Irvine. And then eighth is Irvine, getting $25 million. Um, Councilman Stephen Choi told me that he checked with the city manager and said, how is it that Irvine came to be listed in this proposition as getting $25 million? And the city manager said, nobody here on staff has worked on this or has knowledge of it. And the city manager personally said he had no idea of how it got listed either. More odd is who are the people who were the signatories uh, supporting this ballot initiative? Uh, former city manager Allison Hart, um, an employee of Ford and Mulrick. And uh, Tom Daly, who's the clerk recorder and one of the more prominent Democrats in the county. There's also a separate uh, promotional literature going around that I've seen that in addition to those people is also signed by Miguel Polito, the mayor of Santa Ana, who's also one of Larry's political allies and sits literally at his left hand at the Great Park board meetings. So it's very odd for a statewide ballot initiative that you find it's solely signed by Orange County people and... One of the documents I was able to get from the state, it shows that uh, Mr. Pickens Clean Energy Fuels uh, has paid $863,000 to Agron's political consultants, Ford and Mulrick. So again, all these Irvine fingerprints all over a statewide ballot initiative, which is very strange. And wasn't there a connection with the natural gas and the trash trucks? Well, yes, and this is actually something that the San Jose Mercury News opined about in an editorial a few weeks back. Uh, They, number one, were griping about the fact of how come we got skipped over at number three. But beyond that, they said the primary beneficiary of this ballot initiative uh, are businesses that drive heavy-duty trucks that convert over to compressed natural gas, which would be, among other people, the trash haulers. It just so happens that uh, our local trash hauler waste management has opened a private uh, compressed natural gas filling station over on Construction Circle. Also, uh, uh, Clean Energy Fuels, back in April, I believe it was, put on their board of directors a gentleman by the name of Vincent Terramino, who is involved with Terramino Industries, which is one of the major trash haulers in North Orange County. Um, I've also found that some of the trash haulers in Orange County apparently have some sort of an application with a state air pollution board that has to do with getting some sort of allowed of money or, or permit or whatever, I'm not clear what it is, having something to do with building some sort of, of clean energy station. It's something I haven't researched in detail. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're seeing these fingerprints of trash haulers all over the place. And in the past, they have given not only to Agron and Sookie and Kang, and to be fair, they've given to Shea and Troy as well. But they have also given large sums of money to Agron's independent expenditure committees. And, and so I'm kind of expecting October 6th that we might see some of those showing up. 
Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, just a couple minutes left uh, before we go to break. Um, what do you think, where do you think the race is at now? I, I, there's a lot of people on the slate. We've got uh, what Shea, Choi, and Rogers on, on one side, and then you've got the, the Agron slate, Agron, Crom, Gallinger, and Kang on that side. Do you think that we're just going to see the same people in office come uh, November, or do you think we're going to see some shakeups? Well, the mayoral race is separate from the council race, and there you have uh, Christina Shea against Suki Kang. Uh, Suki Kang has raised uh, at least $160,000. I did a story recently that showed about only a quarter of the money he's raised was from Irvine. A good chunk of it, uh, about half is from outside of Orange County, and most of it is from L.A. He's raised almost as much money from L.A. as he has from Irvine, which makes you wonder, is he running for mayor of Irvine, or should Antonio Villaraigosa be looking for another job? Um, are we, are we going to see L.A. developers here soon? Is that what's going to happen? I, it's, it, again, it's very odd. A lot of them, frankly, are from the Korean community. Uh, individuals with Korean names, Korean businesses, that type of thing. Good luck tracking that. But uh, in any case, um, you know, he's, going, he's got signs up all over town, although signs don't necessarily translate into votes. Uh, Christina Shea is very well known in this community. But regardless of whether Shea or, or Kang win, uh, the loser returns back to the city council because they're both midterm. They have four-year terms. They're at year two. So they can both run for mayor. So it's a win-win, it, yeah. essentially. The, the number of votes on the council remains the same. So what happens is is that you have two other council seats that are open, and with Shea or Kang moving up, that creates a third opening. So the top three in the election will go on to the council. You, the voter, get to choose for two. So uh, what will happen is that the top three will move up, and for Agron to lose the majority... But what would have to happen would be that either he or Beth Crom finish no higher than fourth. Uh, sorry, Todd, I don't think you're going to finish in the top three. Um, you know, and especially when you have so many other candidates in the pool now. Margie Wakeham, former school board member, uh, is running as an independent. She's a Democrat. She was on the school board for a long time. She runs the Families Forward program. Used to be in Agron's orbit at one time. Is not anymore. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where she pulls votes from. Will she pull from the Democrat side? Will she pull from the Republican side? She's a wild card. And if she can get in the top three, then she's knocking out one of the three incumbents of, of Agron, Crom, and Choi. Uh, Pat Rogers, you know, former police lieutenant here, obviously, um, you know, people like law and order, and you've got somebody who's served this community for Oh, I think, you know, probably 30 years, if not longer. He's got a very impressive resume. So he certainly stands a chance as well. And then there are several lesser-known candidates who got in um, that I haven't had a chance to follow up on yet. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, race and I think very fuzzy right now to determine who's going to win. Outstanding. Well, you know, maybe we'll try to have a, a debate with them uh, here at uh, KUCI. We've done that before in the past. Well, I don't think you'll have any shortage of talking people, that's for sure. No, we won't. We won't. We'll <laughs> Just got to keep the, it civil. <laughs> the, the filibusters. All, all right, my guest today, Stephen Smith uh, from the IrvineTattler.com. You can go to his website anytime you'd like. It's IrvineTattler.com. And the other one was? NoSecrecyOrdinance.com. You'll see my nice big red signs up and down the main arteries in town saying no on S with the website address underneath it. Outstanding. Stephen, as always, you're an excellent guest. Thank you for keeping us apprised of what really going on here in the beautiful city of Irvine. Uh, thank you again. And thank you, Cameron, for your excellent coverage of Irvine politics and government. Well, uh, thank you. That's probably a little bit more than I really need. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I take it back. All right, thanks. Anyway, uh, you're listening to the EOC Show right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Cameron Jackson, your faithful host. I will be right back after a few minutes. Coming up after the break, I'm going to talk about uh, a little Mike Corona stuff and also why the Orange County Register thinks the Republican Party here in uh, Orange County sucks. So we'll be right back. right it's back again the OC show with your host Cameron Jackson 
You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. And just remember, we are badass. And so am I. Because I am your Superman, folks. I am the one who is here telling you the truth about what really happens in Orange County. Just like my last guest, Stephen Smith, talking about Irvine, Irvine politics, and what's really going on with Larry Agron. God, I love that music. Anyway, uh, the opinions and views expressed in the OC show with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. And especially this segment's not going to reflect the views of Michael Schroeder. Oh, man. He ain't going to like this one, and his own newspaper, the OC Register, has betrayed him. How they allowed, how the Republican Central Committee allowed this article to be printed in the Orange County Register is anyone's guess. It goes against everything I've ever said about the broader conspiracy theory of Michael Schroeder running the Orange County Register. But here it is. GOP losing ground statewide. Democrats still lag in Orange County, but more new voters pick their party. Uh-oh, problems on the home front. Let's hear what the talking heads have to say about it. This is by Ronald Campbell at the Orange County Register. Republicans have dramatically lost ground among new California voters, particularly the young. In the past five years, a register analysis shows. Well, you know... That can be explained for one reason and one reason only, and that is that the young people today want handouts, and they got handouts from their parents. They didn't have to work for anything growing up. I know some did, but most didn't. Everything was handed to them. It's the me generation, and they want that to continue with government, and the problem is that they don't understand that ultimately they're paying for it. So they want their cake and eat it too, but let's move on. If the trend continues, Republicans eventually could fall to third place in party preference behind Democrats. Dear God, say it isn't so. And the growing number of voters who choose no party at all. Well, you know, there is a reason for that as well, too. And I think that bottom line, people are tired of both Republicans and Democrats, and they don't identify with either one. And they are tired of partisan politics on both sides. The trend also could complicate the party's efforts to retain legislative and congressional seats after the 2010 census. Problems ahead, my friends. Problems ahead. Orange County Republican Chairman Scott Baugh conceded the numbers are bad, but said Republicans are poised to make big... Let's change the page. Gains under... The John McCain Sarah Palin ticket. Yeah, right. To do that, however, the party will have to reverse a five-year trend. Well, yes, it's going to be difficult to reverse that trend. Let's get a little bit deeper into this now, shall we? Since the October 2003 recall of Governor Gray Davis, overall Republican registration statewide has declined from 35.3% to 32.5%. Uh, So we're looking at roughly, what, three percentage points, a little less, 2.8? Democratic statewide registration has edged up slightly. Now, slightly in this case is uh, an understatement. Slightly from 43.7 to 43.8%. Those choosing no party increase increased from 16% to 19.5%. Now, that is significant. That's 3.5% more people going towards no party rather than picking either Republicans or Democrats. goes back to what I earlier said. Yes, right here, right now, folks, people are tired of partisan politics. They don't want to identify with either party. It's also people wanting their cake and eat it too. They, they probably uh, they don't want to take a stand. People these days don't like to take a stand. They don't like to either be to the left or to the right. They don't want to be labeled as either a liberal or a conservative. They'd rather just be right on the fence, right down the middle of the road, which 
is indicative of most of America. In Orange County, Republican registration has dropped three percentage points since the recall from 48.6% then to 45.6% now. The Democrats' share has edged up slightly, once again, slightly being an understatement in this uh, edge up from 312 to 31.3%. So, again, we're not making huge strides with Democrats in this county, um, but we're losing Republicans. And, again... Uh, the no party has risen from 16% to 19.2. Uh, that's the significant one right there. Now, the register found that a drop in GOP registration was much steeper among people who joined voter rolls in the past five years and among the young. Again, that goes back to young people want handouts. Young people are going to flock to Democrats because Democrats will offer them the world, but don't tell them how they're going to pay for it. We all know how we pay for it. The middle class pays for it. We get taxed to death. Everybody else gets their payout. Among current state voters, 37.7% of those who registered before 2000 became Republicans. That fell to 26.6% among voters who registered in the past five years and just 21.9% this year. Republicans are losing their asses. And, you know, this, at least in Orange County, now statewide, who knows? But Orange County, I can tell you exactly why. They are losing their, well, the Republican Party is losing ground. And that is because the Republican Party is the laughing stock of the state. These people who run the party, Scott Baugh, Michael Schroeder, Adam Probolsky, all these guys are in this for themselves. They're not in it for us. They don't care about us. They just care about enriching themselves and their friends. They care about propping up people who are going to keep things hidden for them. Look at how long Michael Schroeder shielded Mike Corona, the former disgraced or disgraced former sheriff who's going to be running uh, on trial here in the next month or so. Propped him up. Propped up people like DA Tony Rakakis, who said, I'm not going to prosecute political crimes in Orange County. That's why the feds have to come in and clean up after our mess. We are the laughing stock. Who the hell would want to be a Republican in Orange County with these group of idiot morons? And they're not, I, I say idiot morons, but I mean in a derogatory way. They're not idiots or morons. They're very smart because they're able to keep power. But they are ruthless, non-moral having jerks they don't care about you they don't care about your kids they don't care anything about you they just care about enriching themselves and their friends and staying out of trouble voters under 40 statewide are more likely to choose no party than register Republican. That's because people over 40 know how the system works by that age, and they don't want any part of it anymore. In Orange County, Republicans barely edge out Democrats and decline to state in the 30 and under, excuse me, 30 and under crowd. It's 32% Republican, 31% Democrat, and 30% decline to state. So it's roughly even. The Republican Party... This is a quote. The Republican Party appears to be doing the Olympic backstroke. This is from Orange County Democrat Chairman Frank Barbo. Of course they are, according to Frank. That jest is grounded in reality. Last year, for the first time this decade, more county registers, residents registered as Democrats than as Republicans. Democrats are keeping their edge this year. But the fastest-growing political block in California and Orange County comprises of people who want no part of any party. Those registering as declined to state, just like good old Todd Gallinger. Declined to state, but yet I want big government. That's what he said. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, the Republican share of the state voting rolls has declined by an average of 0.7% last year. For the past five years, excuse me, for that was for the past five years. The decline to state share has risen by average of 0.5%. Not huge, but it's an uptrend. Republicans will slip to third place in California around 2017. Of course, that's if the trend continues. I think, quote, 
This is another quote. I think these are young people whose parents are Republican and who reject what the Republicans have stood for for the last seven and a half years, but are not ready to cross the line and become Democrats, Barbaro said. They're unhappy with both parties. Baugh said, this is Scott Baugh. Scott Baugh runs the Orange County Central Committee. He is one of the head honchos of the Orange County Republican Party, the one who, uh, well, he loves to do things with other people. Uh, They're unhappy with both parties, Baugh said, uh, but that doesn't mean they want to be liberals. Baugh ticks off reasons why voters, particularly young voters, shun the party when they register. Quote, you have people coming of age at a time when they have an unpopular president and an unpopular war and a less than robust economy. This is Baugh again. They see the Republican brand getting damaged. That's the Republican brand. Now the Republicans are a brand. It is, we're branding the Republicans. One of these, they don't want to stand, they don't like the ideals of Republicans. Republicans stand for less taxes. Real Republicans stand for less taxes, less government. Now that hasn't been displayed at all in the White House in the last eight years, where we've expanded government and given a lot of handouts. And of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't really uh, sit on the side of Republicans. He says he does, but his actions do not. He was going to give a tax increase. He wanted a tax increase. He said that was the only way out of this budget mess. Of course, they passed a budget now, no tax increase, because the Republicans actually did what they were supposed to do, what they were elected to do, and they blocked the budget from being passed because it was going to include new taxes. And they said no new taxes. Of course, none of those guys up there and girls cut spending at all. They're just going to rely on accelerated tax income, whatever the hell that means. The good news, though, Boss says, is that that's, that's all being cleaned up in the Republican Party. There's no further, uh, it doesn't, doesn't say how it's going to get cleaned up. Mark Petraka, political science professor at UC Irvine, a past professor of mine, said Republicans suffer from more basic enduring problems here in California than an unpopular president. It's their inability to win state elections. Quote, when you lose and keep losing re- elections, Petraka said, voters disappear. Well, you know, I think that's only part of the problem here in Orange County and here in California. First of all, there's a bigger issue, and that's called gerrymandering, right? We have gerrymandering here in California that keeps every seat safe. And the Republicans went ahead and went along with gerrymandering many years ago and said, it's okay, we'll we'll take it, because they were worried they were going to start losing seats. So now we have gerrymandering and we have term limits, two things that have just destroyed this state. Because you've got guys in there who are only going into state government to punch their ticket to move on to another office. <coughs> they don't care about any long-term ramifications of what they do. They don't really care about the state. They just care about making ways uh, on up the ladder. And gerrymandering means that everybody's got a safe seat. Remember, of the 100 seats that are up right now, four are hotly contested meaning that there's a chance that it could go Republican or Democrat in the state. The rest of them are all safe. It's either going to go Democrat or Republican. It's not going to change. That is bad for government. I've said it a million times. Get rid of gerrymandering. Get rid of state term limits. Let's get back to the way it used to be, and then only let those jerks up there go into office for three months of the year. That's it. They get three months. If they can't figure it out in three months, they're done. 12,000 years and 12,000 laws in the last 10 years, folks. 12,000 laws. We have the highest tax rate in the nation here in California. This state is out of control. It's been out of control. It continues to be out of control. It will always be out of control so long as we have gerrymandering and term limits. And the proposition process doesn't really help out either. So, uh... The Republicans want to know why they're losing people in Orange County. It's because they're the laughing stock. Because everybody here in Orange County knows what you're made of. We know that you don't really care about justice. We know all you want to do is enrich yourself and enrich, enrich your friends. You're willing to prop up people like Rakakis and Corona and uh, Mike Schroeder's wife, Susan Kang Schroeder. If you don't think people see through that by now, you're out of your mind. And we're sick and tired of it. 
but there's nothing we can do because you guys hold the lock on the power. And it's not about democracy in Orange County, just as it's not about democracy in California anymore. It's about who the party hacks want to put up next. And we don't have any say in it. And someday, we're going to wake up as a nation and we're going to figure this out. I hope, I pray, that we will figure this out as a nation and we will start to take back these elected offices. And we'll start to remove some of this power structure that we have going on with the Republicans, especially here in Orange County and the Democrats up in Sacramento. Because they've both gone out of control. When you give power to one group, either Republican or Democrat, and you let them have that power and abuse that power over and over and over again, they will run amok. And they have run amok. Both have. And the only people we have to blame is ourselves because we are the ones who elect these people. We are the ones who go in and rubber stamp whatever they put in front of us, be it Republicans or Democrats. We are to blame. And someday we will stand up and we will stop doing that. But you've got to vote. You can't just turn your back on it. You've got to get out there and vote. That is so important because that's all we have. That's all we have in this process is the ability to vote. The information is out there. The Internet has made it more than easy for us to get the information on these candidates. It is up to us to get to those voting booths in November and in in June and then November after that and June and November over and over and over again. It is up to us to get into those voting booths and to vote because that is how elections are won and lost. Well, you know, I want to get to my favorite part of the show. So let's do it. Let's talk about the disgraced former Sheriff Mike Corona. That's right. It's time to talk about Mr. Dumbass himself, Mike Corona. He's a racist, he's a bigot, and he's a sexist. His words, not mine. Just read the transcripts. They're on my blog, theocshow.net. And that's right. Racist, bigot, sexist. Over and over again. Say it. And he's a liar. And I love this music. And remember who propped him up for the last nine to eight years. Michael Schroeder. Birds of a feather. Flock together. I love this music. It, makes, it charges me right up. All right. A uh, couple newsworthy items here for the upcoming Corona trial. I tell you what, I am ready for this trial to begin. This guy's ego is so incredibly inflated, he is going to take this to trial. I know I've said over and over again that he is going to plead out before this thing goes, and now I'm starting to think that he's not. I think they're really going to go the distance on this one. And that's going to be awesome because, look, here's the thing. You keep your eye on the ball in this. First of all, the corona side is puffing their chests out saying, oh, yeah, we've got all the dirt we can get on corona and Cavallo. Those guys are going to look like dirt bags. Keep your eye on the ball, folks. Who was corona's longtime friend of 20 years? Ding, Cavallo. Who did Cavallo, or excuse me, who did Corona use to get him into office? And who did he put into office as an assistant sheriff? Ding. Greg Heidel. Don Heidel. Greg's the son. He's the worthless one. They're both worthless. But anyway, Don Heidel. So we've got... So they're going to say, oh, we're going to muddy these guys up. The defense, we're going to muddy these guys up. We're going to make them look bad. These guys have so much dirt on them. They're going to look like crap. Hello? What did I just say at the beginning of the segment? Birds of a feather flock together, my friends. You think that a jury is going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, come on. Corona had a wall between himself 
and good old Don Heidel and, and Joe Cavallo. Oh, come on. The message is clear, folks. They're dirtbags. He's a dirtbag. They flock together. Don't lose sight of that. Don't let them say otherwise to you because it's BS. And remember this, folks. Remember, they'll sit there and they'll tell you that the tapes are good for corona. If they're that good for corona, then why not release them? Hmm? And do you think that the prosecutor blew their wad when they released their portions of the transcripts that were bad for corona? Hmm? Do you think they did that? I don't think so. I think that's the tip of the iceberg. So, first things first. September 13th from the L.A. Times. Corona's team seeks to disqualify the prosecutor. Lawyers for disgraced former Orange County Sheriff Mike Corona asked a judge Friday to disqualify one of the main prosecutors from the ex-lawman's corruption trial, saying they intend to call the prosecutor as a witness. Oh, dear God, say it isn't so. (gasps) Why do you think they're working so hard to get Brett Sagal off this case? Defense attorneys say they want Brett Sagal, the assistant U.S. attorney, to testify about the decision to ask a former assistant sheriff to secretly record conversations with Corona. See, they're going to keep bringing this up. They do not want those recordings. They don't want those recordings out there because they're bad. Bad, bad, bad. The surreptitious recordings by former assistant sheriff Don Heidel are expected to be a key part of Corona's trial, scheduled to be on October 28th. Corona had argued unsuccessfully that the recordings should not be admitted as evidence because they were at time. They were made at a time when the prosecutors knew he was represented by an attorney. State California uh, bar ethical guidelines prohibit lawyers from contacting opposing parties who are represented by counsel, either directly or through third parties such as Heidel. But remember, the court struck that down and said that the recordings will come in. Jeffrey Watts, one of the attorneys for Corona who's working for free from Jones Day Law. Jones Day Law, remember? Three, four, five hundred dollars an hour, working for free. Six attorneys working with him, all for free. Free, free, remember. He's free. It's a pro bono thing. They believe in the cause. Yeah. He argued in Friday's motion uh, that the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals has held that attorneys cannot advocate for a client and testify at the same time. In addition, Rots wrote, a number of district courts have recognized that a prosecutor may be disqualified to protect the integrity of the judicial system. He asked Guilford to hold a hearing on the proposed disqualification October 14th. Spokesman for the L.A. uh, U.S. Attorney's Office said they would not talk about uh, the motion. Anyway, there's that. We'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to get disqualified. I think the judge is going to err on the side of the government on this one. Prospective jurors in the corona case will receive a 12-page questionnaire. This is from uh, today's paper in the L.A. Times. The uh, 650 people who are called as possible jurors. God, I wish I could have been called for this one. I'd never get picked, but I'd love to just mark up that little questionnaire with all sorts of comments and things. Uh, The 650 people who called as possible jurors in the federal corruption trial of Orange County former disgraced sheriff, or disgraced former sheriff, I always get that mixed up, will be asked everything. From their reading habits to their feelings about politicians and people who have extramarital affairs. U.S. District Judge Andrew Gulliford and lawyers for Corona and the government agreed Monday on a 12-page questionnaire that will be given to the jurors. Attorneys for both sides will use the questionnaires to be issued October 3rd to help narrow the field to 12 jurors. Opening statements are scheduled for October 28th. Woohoo! All right, and then another failure in the current Orange County Sheriff's Department. This is uh, another deputy now. We had, um, I think it was Jose Armas, an internal investigations uh, officer, detective, who was allowed to leave with his full pension uh, for lying to the grand jury in the John Chamberlain um, death case that happened. Uh, You remember John Chamberlain was the inmate awaiting charges on uh, possessing child porn. 
apparently information was given to the inmates that he was a child molester and then uh, in sheriff's deputies basically didn't do anything claim that they didn't even know that uh, a few feet away from them chamberlain was getting beaten to death um armis was allowed to leave uh, he gets to keep his full pension and now we have a third orange county deputy that gets to leave a third Orange County, this is from the L.A. Times, a third Orange County Sheriff's deputy has left the department amid allegations related to grand jury investigation. Uh, as I spoke about, Deputy Sonia Moreno was placed on administrative leave five months ago after allegedly admitting that she lied under oath during the grand jury investigation of John Chamberlain. Moreno is a 19-year veteran of the Sheriff's Department, initially testified that she had not discussed any of her testimony with friends or subjects of the investigation, but later recanted and admitted she had discussed her testimony with others in violation of grand jury policy. Her last day with the department was Thursday, said Sheriff's Lieutenant Brent Gudis. He declined to say whether she resigned or was fired by the department, saying state law restricts the release of that information. Folks, if they had have fired her, they would have said they fired her. So the fact that they have omitted that means that they let her go with her pension. So that's two now that have been let go for lying to a grand jury with basically a slap on the wrist saying you've got to leave now, but we'll let you keep your pension. One had 25 years on, that was Jose Amas, and the other one had 19 years on. And that's this girl here, Sonia Moreno. So they get to keep their big fat pensions. 3% at 50, kids. Don't forget that. 3% for every year they're on. They get to keep their pensions. When if you or I, you or I, had done the same thing here in Orange County, we would be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. They would be seeking prison time for us. They would have their way with us. But yet, they get a pass. That is inherently wrong. I don't care who they are. That is wrong. And I don't know what the hell is going on with Sandra Hutchins on that. She's the current sheriff. I don't know why they're allowing a free pass for these people. But it's BS. No free passes for these people, folks. They don't deserve it. They lied. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Show. I am Cameron Jackson. Coming up next is Play It As It Lays and... This has been a great show. I want to say thanks to uh, Stephen Smith, who was here earlier. Uh, I'll have the show up for podcasts later on tonight. You can go to my website, theocshow.net. Always remember, you can go to KUCI.org anytime you want to listen to streaming audio there. And here's the next DJ now. And he is looking forward to a great show, as always. Thank you very much. I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>